BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With the bob, badang, badang, diggy, diggy, said the boogie, said up, jump the boogie. I don't know what that means. I don't even know why I'm reading Kid Rock lyrics. I spent part of my afternoon looking up what exactly does Kid Rock sing in that song, and I thought I'd share that with you all. Sterling, you're coming from Chicken and Pickles. That's where you're broadcasting live, which sounds partly like a Kid Rock lyric. Up jump the boogie chickens and the pickles. What do you got? How? What are you doing over there? I'm here at Chicken and Pickle in Overland Park right here. So I apologize for some of the additional music choices going on in the background. I'll be hosting a live hockey show, actually, from 6 to 7 after this uh, for Sports Radio 810, which makes me laugh because I do think I'm really qualified for hockey since I was an intern for a minor league hockey team here in Kansas City. Plus, I've never fallen ice skating I think those are the only two qualifications you need. What is what is icing? I've always wondered that. What is no that? one knows. It, it, it's just a, a a thing they do to confuse all the fans. Got it. Got it. Anyway, look, folks, if you're here with us today, first of all, thank you as always. We so appreciate all of Chiefs Kingdom, all of you addicts out there, listeners. We got a lot to talk about today. We're looking at some personnel moves the Chiefs have had. If you're coming into the week, the Chiefs have had ten days off here a sort of mini buy they kicked off the preseason or they kicked off week six here with the victory over the broncos on thursday night football that led us to have a chiefs free weekend nfl weekend which is a little weird but fun by the way gives them a lot of time to think about some personnel decisions we're going to talk about those in a second but we have a decision that you need to make as well Oh, do we have a decision for you? DraftKings is running a new promotion and you guys do not want to miss it. New users can place a $5 first bet and instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day 
when you opt in. All you have to do is use our code Arrowhead. Using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays. Offer is available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Some people are already commenting. If you're if you're watching, Sterling looks like he's in a cage. That's actually because he was the one who got me quoting Kid Rock earlier, and we said, "Look, just go sit in there. Just go sit in there and put yourself in timeout." Uh, look, despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage, dude. That's good. It's all, and we are smashing pumpkins at the end of Halloween here. That's good timing. All right, so folks, many personnel decisions to think about here. We're gonna walk through them, Sterling. I want to take these one at a time because. You know, all, all the Chiefs kingdom right now is kind of wrapped up in what they're going to do with the trade deadline coming up here in a couple weeks. Less than two weeks away, last year at this time, the Chiefs surprised us. They sent a third-round compensatory pick and a sixth-round pick to the New York Giants for the chance to add Kadarius Tony to the mix. Brett Veach is not one to sit on his hands if he thinks there's a move to be made, and there probably is a move to be made here. It seems like to me the NFL in general is getting more trade happy. Like it used to be really hard to see anyone moving any players of note. And then these, now we're seeing Aaron Rodgers traded. Now we're, I mean, like, like that's kind of gone now. And now, you know, moves are made. So let's start with some of the obvious ones that are talking about here. Sterling, I'd love just to break down like, so Frank Clark obviously is the big one. Uh, the Broncos have already set him free. This is not like, a trade. It would not cost whatever. It even sounded like Frank Clark was taking a major pay cut to make something happen, even when he was gainfully employed. So it doesn't sound like like money's not going to be an issue. It sounds like Big Frank just wants to be where he could be a good fit. As we're looking at like reunion or no reunion here, I'd love your take on like what do, what do you think should be happening with Frank? there and what do you think will happen with frank yeah yeah frank clark once out of denver that was made abundantly clear when he took that pay cut and now he is out of denver um who wants to be in denver anyways i mean sean payton i don't think wants to be in denver anymore he goes oh bleep i should have uh stayed retired this is a bad decision in regards to frank clark I get a lot of people who want him back because we have this fond memory of all the playoff success. And while that does hold true, my question that I want to pose to everyone who is clamoring for him back, who are you taking out for him? Who's the guy? Because I like Frank Clark, but how much can you count on him during the regular season with some of the stomach concerns? And frankly, some of the production concerns. Now, the easy answer is Malik Herring. But with Charles Aminahu coming back, that to me is the guy who's taken the 25% snap count away from Malik Herring. So now what are you left with? Are you going to take away a defensive tackle in, um, you know, Farrell? He wasn't getting more than, what, six snaps a game to begin with. Uh, I, I think we have this rose-colored glasses some, sometimes of looking back on only the fond memories. And sometimes when you look in the totality of the, of the maneuver to bring Frank Clark back, and I think I'm on the outside looking in saying, you know what, it was great. But let's leave it that way. It was great. Mm. What do you What do you do with this? Uh, oh, first of all, let's let's march through the players that are there. Right, you've got Mike Dana starting at one end and George Karloftis on the other end. This is pre Amenahu, by the way. Then you have Malik Herring behind one, and you have Felix Anudike Uzoma behind the other. Right, all those guys are on their rookie deals. That's a good thing, right? 
conceivably all those guys are still getting better and learning around Chris Jones and from Joe Cullen, by the way, who we should, uh, we should never hesitate to mention Joe Cullen whenever we can. But within that group though, remember one of the big things about Frank and Andy Reed, even like who doesn't exactly gush about any player, but Andy Reed speaks so highly of Frank Clark and his locker room presence, what he means to the guys. You see what Chris Jones was saying about him, like wanting him back all offseason. Part of, I think, what Frank adds to the team isn't just like, oh, how productive is he going to be in week 10 for the Chiefs? It's about, could he add something to a group that's all very young in the locker room, the heart, right? And so that sort of leadership and, and whatnot I'm not saying he won't even produce because last year he had two and a half sacks in three games in the playoffs. It's not, it's not like it's not like all of his postseason production was 2019 and 20. It was just last winter. So even there he was successful. But even in that leadership quotient, I guess I'm looking at the rest of the roster and going, I'll go with six wide receivers if it means adding Frank to that room as an extra guy to get that leadership along the line. Do you disagree with that? It's almost like another weapon in the back seat, if you will. You, that went over your head. That you, was the... Uh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? You see <laughs> what I'm saying? No, I mean, I get what you're saying. The, the heart, the motor, the leadership, if you will. He has the leadership. People will look up to him. And you're right. He was a great clubhouse guy, if you will. The issue is the Chiefs defense is looking electric right now. You're already adding Charles Aminahu back into the equation here, which means the rotation is going to have to be shifted as is. I don't know how much I want to shift another guy in this Chiefs rotation. I know defensive line would be the spot you would, but let's be real now. This Chiefs defense has been electric. Sometimes you don't want to mess with a good thing. I, I, I don't have any qualms if the Chiefs are deciding to bring Frank Clark back. You're not going to hear me up in arms, but just for me, I'm content with the way things are going right now. And I obviously understand injuries are always a concern. And I don't know the rules and regulations off the top of my head. Can he be a practice squad guy? You know, I don't know if he's able to based on the amount of time he's accrued in the NFL. I don't know what that would even potentially look like. Obviously, teams around the NFL weren't vying for his services because even after the contract reduction he took willingly, that was to try and facilitate a trade. No team was sitting there going, you know what, fine, we'll do a seventh and a sixth swap. They were still out. So I don't know where they go. I don't know what his market even looks like. If you can practice squad him, that's a spot. But again, sometimes I do think the past is the past. And as much as I love Frank Clark, and he is only 30 years old, I think it's time to move on. I, I get what you're saying. I certainly do. There's something, though, about Chris Jones is such a, an interesting character to me. When he has that much respect and admiration for somebody. Like, I think there are very few. What, how many players are in the NFL who could put Chris Jones in his place? Like, just, I'm not saying Chris Jones needs to be put in his place. I'm just saying when you got a guy that good with that much swagger, that much personality, whatever, when he's got a guy, he's like, here's my guy. Here's my guy. He's my leader. He's like, when you got a guy with that much gravity, like Frank does, to make Chris Jones go, you know, bring him back, please bring him. Like, that to me just, I don't know. Or when Andy Reid gushes like he does. Gushes is, is even funny. He just talks positively about him. It's just that Andy talks so little about most guys. Most guys, he just he calls them by their uniform number. Yeah, yeah, 91 had a good game. Yeah, 32 is looking good out there. But with Frank, he's like, oh, we love Frank. We love Frank. I mean, it's hard to even get him to say your name. 
So when he says we love Frank instead of, yeah, that 55 is a good player, you know, like, like to me, I think I got like part Mahomes and part Andy Reid and part Rottweiler there, by the and way. Grimace. Somehow I heard a Grimace impersonation <laughs> in there. Grimace. Yeah. What it, it, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's something, there's something about Frank that has reached in and grabbed hold of some important players on this team. That's hard for me to quantify as an outsider. So when I see that, I just think, well, yeah. I mean, if he's that meaningful, then then bring him back. If he's that if he's that meaningful, you don't let him go. If he's that meaningful, they would have paid the money to keep him here. If he's that meaningful and Chris Jones loves him that much, I'm not saying Chris Jones doesn't love him. Give up a couple of your million to make sure that he stayed around. That did not happen. True. Words are True. words, actions are actions. Um, you can love a guy, think he's a great leader, and also understand saying, hey, there's still just no room. Yeah. Hey, you're you're totally right. And 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 yeah, I who knows how this will work out. If you had to bet how it will work out. Based on the amount of smoke that's out there, do you think Frank Clark is a chief sometime this season? Yes, I do. I do think he's a, a chief some point this season. Don't know when. Don't know if it's next week, if it's going to be week nine, week 12. No idea. But I do think at some point, maybe it's injury-based. Maybe uh, I, I do not knock on wood. Uh, sorry for all the dogs that are listening right now. But just it's a long season. Attrition does occur. If I was betting, I would say 51-49 Frank Clark plays at least a snap before season's in for Kansas City. Okay, okay. Uh, Let us know in the chat what you all think. Is Frank Clark inevitable? Says angry, drunken German, but no rush. Agreed there. You mentioned it about... He doesn't like the band Rush. No Rush. I love Rush. Dude, Neil... I can't think of a pun. Anyway, yeah, let us know what you think out there. I, I think he's back. By the way, the rules for the practice squad, I believe, allow for up to six veterans, regardless of the amount of accrued seasons. Like you can you can fill those slots. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, let's move to the other one. The, the other major reunion that has people talking is one with wide receiver McCole Hardman. You and I have talked a little bit about this before um, in the past. We don't need to beat a dead horse here. Um, actually, that would be a jet, dead jet here frank clark was the dead horse but yeah you know look if mccall hardman sorry i can i can was so good dude that was, was good. really good so you know if, look mccall hardman is not quite free right they're holding on to him in some way that hoping to get something out of him etc if he wiggles free right in some way if he's released what is your thoughts on bringing in hardman at this point have you been swayed in any way to bring hardman back to the chiefs Dog, I am so out on a Hardman back in the Chiefs. I like Hardman, but it's the same thing. Thank you for your service. The Chiefs have moved on. Thank you for your time here. We can look back with fond memories. Look at your hands. There's some rings on there. But do the Chiefs need more wide receiver threes? Do they need to already have uh, another addition to an already overcrowded wide receiver room where no one outside of really 
Rasheed Rice and maybe Justin Watson is really showing anything. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I always make this joke and your, your, your mom would say, no, we can't get McDonald's. We have McDonald's at home. You have McCole Hardman at home. You have three or four guys on this roster that can do the exact same things that Hardman can do. You know, all the people that are saying, yeah, well, he knows the playbook. That was the reason why he was never on the same page with Mahomes because apparently they, they didn't know the playbook. At least they weren't on the same page. There was no connection there. Again, I think we look back with rose-colored glasses too often. His time in Kansas City was good. It was solid, you know, but it was time to move on. Yeah. Don't bring it back. You moved on for a reason. Again, if the Chiefs wanted McCall Harmon that bad, look at the contract he got. Was it one year, $4 million? Easy. That's chump change. Chiefs said no. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. I I want Frank Clark back. Uh, Hardman to me. Look, if you're not, if you're gonna make a move at wide receiver, to me, it's got to move the meter. Like, like if you're gonna make a move among the pass catchers, if you're gonna make some young guy sit down, it's got to be like a definite upgrade. Not not like a another guy you got a script plays for. Not another guy who like oh yeah on occasion he could no like no it's got to be like get the big upgrade or just roll with what you have. To me, that's that's what they need to do there. However, that doesn't mean that's what they will do. So if you had to predict what will happen, do you think McCole Hardman is going to be a jet for the year? Do you think he's going to find his way to the Chiefs? You think he'll languish in free agency? What like What's your take there? It feels like a Titan to me. It feels like a move the Tennessee Titans would make. Uh, you know, like Traylon Burks, DeAndre Hopkins, and McCole Hardman. It feels like a move the Titans would do for some odd reason. I don't think Hardman's a Kansas City Chief. But again, I think Frank Clark plays a snap for the Chiefs by season's end. I don't think Hardman, I would put it at like 10%, maybe, probably even lower than 10. I really don't think Hardman comes back to KC. We're in complete agreement on this. I think Frank Clark's coming back. No to McCole. We got we got like a little uh I don't know we got like a little uh jive going on. Let's go to some comments here. Um just to see what they say. Swiss Mr. KC. Hardman comes back if we have rice or sky out for season or six plus week. Okay, yeah. In you're right here. Injuries can change all of this. That's for sure. I hear you counterpoint though, is that a lot of those BL says a lot of those trick plays, jet sweeps actually worked with McColl, and now they really don't. That's a true statement too. McColl was a Productive receiver, in part. Actually, last year, part of me feels bad for McColl. Can we talk about this for a second? Part of me feels bad for McColl Harmon because when he's drafted, right? He's do you remember? Do you remember the 2019 NFL draft? Do you remember? Do you remember the opening day? Because I was ready to set my house on fire. Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill was facing allegations of child abuse on the opening day of the draft. Like I'm sitting there ready with my clipboard and my graph paper and my TI graphing calculator and my whiteboard and, and my Mel Kuyper cutout and my Todd McShay jammies on. And I got everything going on. I'm ready to take in the draft. And then Adam Schefter's like, Oh, by the way, uh, the Chiefs' best offensive player may never play football again. And then suddenly it was like, are, are you are you shitting me? Who's shitting me? The world is shitting on me. Who's shitting on my Chiefs? What's going on? We're just getting go- like it was crazy. And in that draft, in that draft, the first play or like in the second round, they take we always forget this, but we take McCole Hardman to be Tyreek Hill insurance. That's what he was. He wasn't taken because we liked his skill set above anyone else. So when he's taken, he's nothing but Tyreek insurance. Then Tyreek doesn't go anywhere. When Tyreek finally goes somewhere, 
He's hampered by a hamstring to start the year. He's out half a season with an abdomen for the last half the season. I that was his contract year. In other words, I just think McCall, I do feel bad for McCall Hardman, who never quite got the fair shake or the full chance in front of him here. I would a thousand percent agree. I think that injury cost him a ton of money in free agency. I've always liked McColl to an extent. I think he's a fine player, but the Chiefs currently have a lot of fine players currently at wide receiver. They need something more than fine. Fine currently isn't cutting it. They need someone good to moving the needle, as you mentioned. One thing on Tyreek Hill, because by the way, the, the deal made a ton of sense for Kansas City, and it still makes a ton of sense for Kansas City. Hopefully you guys like Trent McDuffie, because that was part of how uh, this ended up progressing, as we now know. Uh, but Tyreek Hill is on pace for nearly 2,300 yards this year, receiving 814 yards in six games. Not only that, he's averaging 19.4 yards a reception. That is absurd. It worked out well for both parties. Miami's happy. Chiefs are happy. And quite frankly, it's still enjoyable to watch him sometimes because the stats here he's putting up down there are just absolutely gaudy. Yeah, man. Look, I mean, the Chiefs are in a good place right now. Financially, I was just looking at some numbers earlier today. I mean, the Dolphins are way in over the cap for next year. They're among the like the worst eight teams of whatever. But the Chiefs are sitting so pretty financially and they're already competing. But, but. Anyone who says that they don't miss Tyreek or that they wish it couldn't have worked out or something is bananas because that guy, other than Mahomes, and I know Kelsey's up there too. I don't want to slight Kelsey either, but watching Tyreek Hill do his thing was a, it's just a generational talent. We had three generational talents on this team at the same time. It's the kind of bragging you can do to your grandkids and say, You'll never see what I saw and 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 mean it. It was amazing. So, yeah, I'm happy for him, but but yeah, I, I also I also miss Tyreek Hill. Let's go next. I, I want to talk. Look, we've talked about some reunions, but now it's time for an actual addition. We get Charles O'Menehu back this week, right? And it's kind of weird because we we talked about him a lot, but then he hasn't been able to be around. The identity of the line has kind of cemented itself, but then now here he comes, like. He's like that guy. You ever watch Price is Right when you're sick with your grandma? And those people are, there's some people in contestants row who've been there the whole time. They're the shittiest bidders on planet Earth. They've been there through the, the range and the car and the golf clubs. And then there's that poor schlub at the end of the show. One final person. And they're like, up next is Tammy Tooley. Come on down. And she screams the whole way down. And she's got, I've got a, I want to kiss Bob Barker's shirt. And then she's there for one game and she has to bid first and then it's over. And that feels like Charles O'Menehue. That was a long way to say Charles O'Menehue is late to the party here, but he's late. He's coming in. We've called his name. Come on down. I mean, what do you think Charles is going to add that we're not seeing? And first of all, how much do you expect him to even play to start? Do you think like, do you think he's all in? No, uh, 25, 30% snap share first game back, maybe then see that ramp up. What makes him so impactful in my eyes, you put him on the inside in obvious passing down situations. You have Chris Jones, Charles in the middle. You have Dan and Karloffis on the outside. Holy bleep. Watch yeah. out quarterback. I mean, he thrives on the inside rushing the passer. You put that with Chris Jones. That's an absolute game changer. Okay. 
That's what he brings to the table. And again, this is exactly why you don't bring bring back Frank Clark, at least in my opinion. I want to see Charles get a pretty hefty snap count share because he'll start on the outside, he'll play on the inside. Dana does the same. Chris Jones does the same. I love the talent. Now with him back in the fold, this is going to be a maybe the most underrated defensive line in the NFL. I didn't say best. I didn't say, you know, it's top three, but one of the most underrated defensive lines when you have Charles in there. Is it top 10? I think it'd go, I'd probably say top 10. Yeah. I mean, you have Chris Jones, Carl Loftus, yep. when he's in the interior, that's, that's the big difference for me. When he's in the interior, that, that's a huge game changer. And then if you want to put Dan on the outside, Dan has perpetually been the unsung guy for Kansas city. Again, probably the most underrated defensive line in the NFL. Yeah. Coming over from San Francisco, Amenahue, some of the people I talked to out in San Francisco were saying, you know, like he was a rotational body there. He was versatile, could slide inside, outside, but he was not a starter. But they also said he could if you, like, if you need him to. It was just that the 49ers have, I mean, talk about good lines. They had a loaded line when he was there. Do you think it's possible Amenahue takes the starting reps from Mike Dana? It's a good question. Um, I think he will take some snaps away from Mike Dana. There'll probably be a pretty even split there because you're going to still give some snaps to Derek Nadi, who's quite frankly been really solid. I mean, Derek Nadi is the best we've seen him play in a few years now. But yeah, I, I do think you'd probably take Dana's snaps more than anything else. I think Carter Loft is pretty much locked in playing the hefty amount of snaps uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, Carl Loftus has been playing about 80% at times, you know, up quite a bit from last season. Omenihue's addition to me is the most important for the way it allows everyone to stay refreshed. I mean, this is going to be a very robust line that's going to have good stamina through season's end, um, if that's the case. So, yeah, love it. Love it for sure. I also love the comment from Derek Watson. It's a good point. Charles O is a perfect Spags guy. I mean, this is a Spagnuolo defense through and through. You have the length. You have the motor. You have the versatility. You have guys in the linebackers, second and third level, right, that can do a little bit of everything. You know, Legereus and McDuffie can get after the quarterback. Uh, they can also play inside outside. You have a plethora of dudes at safety and just in the, in the back end as well. You can put anywhere. You have four linebackers that you trust that all do something a little differently that can also, oh, by the way, drop back into pass coverage or get after the QB. Again, this feels like the absolute best case scenario for a guy who's as, ag- who's as aggressive and who likes versatility like Spags. This, to me, is a match made in heaven. I, I love it. Um, Ronald Rodrigo says, I remember what Spags did with the Giants' D-line. Yes, yes. Uh, Angry Duncan German, Spags like those heavier ends and lighter defensive tackles. Scott Loring says, play a minute sparsely versus the clip uh, versus the Clippers. What am I smoking? Versus the Chargers, LAC, and Denver, then unload him on two in the Dolphins. What do you think Katina Mobley's up to these days for the Clippers? <laughs> and Corey Maggette, what do you think those two dudes are up to? <laughs> what I Brand? don't care about is what is what Donald Sterling's up to. That's what I could care less. Who's up, what's up, what he's up to. Dude, you just said Elton Brand. Oh, like, yeah, I'm, baby. I'm, like Elton Brand old, I'm looking through old Skybox cards in my head right now. <laughs> like, what, what do I have there? What's going on? Hey, so one of the one of the um, one of the things I want to talk about, you know, we're talking about maybe uh, further additions to the team. We've talked through a couple potential reunions. We've talked about the um, for sure eventual return of a mini this weekend. One of the things that that not many people are talking about 
But I wanted to bring up here is this idea of Richie James on IR. We are now past the point that if the Chiefs wanted to bring back Richie James, they could, right? Like it's been the four weeks. They did not place him on season ending IR. They just placed him on this IR where like where he could come back. Like what it but yet we haven't heard anything either. It's not like we've heard, oh, he's rejoining practice. We haven't even nothing. We I haven't <laughs> We haven't even heard a reporter ask, is Richie James coming back or not? There's just Richie James got injured, and then everyone's like, Oh, is he a New York Giant? I don't I don't even know if he's here anymore. Like, what did he ever really exist? I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some kind of conundrum uh that happened here, like um like a Mandela effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's an Ashton Kutcher movie, the butterfly whatever thing is going anyway. Yeah. What do you like? Do you think we're getting Richie James back? Do you have, I mean, obviously you're no doctor, so you don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like in some ways it feels like we should be getting him back depending on how bad the MCL sprain was. Is it weird to you that we haven't even heard? Yeah. I mean, Dr. Holmes does have a nice ring to it, but yeah, that is not what I am called. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. I've been, I was searching today trying to find some information on Richie James, nothing there. It's, it's been very under the radar, well-kept secret. You're right. I'm a little surprised no one's asked. But at the same time, Washington's been so good as a return man. I love Richie James. You know how much I was pounding my chest wanting him here in Kansas City. And then he came here and I was saying, well, look what he can do. He gets separation. We saw it for the Giants last year. He never got on the same, on the same page as Mahomes. And he made a blunder as a return man. You know, fair or unfair, you, you look into the, the light and you, you drop one punt return and then you have another guy come in after injury and he's been really good. I don't know where he fits on this team. I, I, I really don't. You know, maybe you try him out because you saw what he did second half of the season with the Giants, you know, getting separation and it looks like the wide receivers have struggled there. But if you aren't going to use him as a wide receiver, which the Chiefs were not really using him as when he was healthy, they're pretty much only using him as a special teamer. I don't know his role. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if rice is occupying the, the slot, you know, for so much like he already is, I just don't even know what he comes back to for the most part. I mean, not that, not to say we can't find ways to use him, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It hurts me. It pains me, Connor. I mean, I, I'm so in on Richie James and quite frankly, I'm a little perplexed why he never got a legitimate opportunity as a wide receiver. Uh, you know, looking at him at OTA's training camp and preseason, he was looking pretty solid, actually looking damn good. And again, I keep going back to the second half of last year. The PFF numbers matched up with the eye test. Whether it's just a lack of connection from Mahomes and Richie or whether it's a case of they thought of him as only a special teamer, we never saw the availability or the actual uh, snap count in-game went healthy to see that uh, come to fruition. So if the Chiefs don't trust him, typically I trust them more than I trust myself. So even if I'm hiring Richie James and they're not, there's a reason they have a couple of rings and I, uh, I do a podcast. <laughs> well, I no, actually, I was going to back you up there because here's what I think. I think if Richie James was healthy, he will get his chance because remember Brett Veach talked about even trying to get Richie James before last year. He said, he's a guy we've been tracking for a couple of years now. And then the opportunity provided itself. So even before his breakout with the giants, he was on the radar, Brett Veach and his staff, in terms of, hey, we think this guy could be a player. So if um, you know, if James comes back around, I think that they know then, hey, James hasn't had a fair chance. We're going to give him one. It wouldn't surprise me if, let's say he's even out for the year, 
it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs offered him a chance to get healthy and then return at a veteran minimum deal to compete like he did this year. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they do like him. I think he is going to be given a fair shake if the injury doesn't slow him or limit him in a way that negates that com- competition. Yeah, and I do wonder if he would take any snaps away from Sky Moore, who what we've seen so far, whether you want to say he's open and Mahomes isn't throwing it or you're saying there's no separation, clearly there is a disconnect for a guy getting that much, that many snaps a game is in the field that often. you got to start doing something. And I wonder if Richie James, who fills a similar role as Sky Moore, would a little kick in the ass, if you will, maybe a little split, split snap count there. Uh, I I just wonder if Richie James is healthy. That's the way they would go. But again, that leaves the question. Washington's been so good as return man. Who are you taking off the roster? Yeah. And we're talking wide receivers here. I want to switch. I want to switch real fast to Justin Ross. We've talked about Ross before. We both are in agreement. Look, the Chiefs said ahead of time, you're it's like they announced with a bullhorn folks. You will only see Justin Ross on scripted plays that we make for him. And as he proves himself, we will give him more. So it should be no secret. Start slow, hopefully build. That's all anyone knows about that. But he's looked a little bit better. He's gotten a little bit more. And now the Chiefs have had an extra few days, sort of this mini buy. Do you think we'll see more of Ross here in week seven? I wonder if we do in the red zone, but I've been saying that the whole time. I thought he was the almost replacement for Jody Fortson in the red zone. I get Jody Fortson played tight end, but the same size, the go up and get it ability. That's where I thought you'd see Justin Ross this season, you know, inside the red zone. We haven't really seen that. We've only seen him on these design plays. And so when everyone is saying, well, look at the target share he's getting on only six snaps, the four targets on six snaps, my rebuttal, it's not that I don't like Justin Ross or I don't want to see him out there playing more. My rebuttal is because those were designed for him. He's a guy where I've said it before, so I apologize for the people who've heard me say this three times. He's not an ISO player in basketball. He's not creating or getting his shot off. He's a guy who has to get it in the flow of the, or not in the flow of the game, but a design play out of a timeout for him, right? That's where he's at currently in his development. Not saying he can't get there. And I will also entertain the folks saying, well, how can you get there if you never get in a shot? I'm not the head coach. I'm not making the decisions. I'm just saying what I'm seeing here. And quite frankly, what we've heard from Andy Reid and the coaching staff, until they feel comfortable They're going to be design plays, the out-of-timeout plays. They're not going to be in the flow of the game plays. There is why we're not seeing more Justin Ross. Yeah. I love what you said about Jody Fortson, and I wish that they would do something there because, look, the Chiefs in the red zone, it's abysmal. What they were 0-4 against the New York Jets, which credit the Jets' defense. They had a killer game plan for the Chiefs. But when you go 0-4 with Patrick Mahomes under center, in the red zone, I'm I'm not even sure what to say to that. Then I think this last weekend they went or on Thursday they went one in five. Is that right? Like, I think I think they converted one in five opportunities. That's one in nine in two of the last three weeks. You you can't beat teams that are even good if you're that bad in the red zone. If there's a glaring sign going off here um, with this team, it's that at five and one. There's not many of those bells and whistles going off. But if you can't solve your red zone woes, you're not going far in the playoffs. I think a few teams right now are having the same issue, though. It seems like it's a league-wide issue, the red zone, because for me, one team that looks like they're about to wake up, the Ravens. 
the Ravens box score does not represent, if you watch the games, what they've done this season. Like they look like they're dominating teams a lot of the time. And then you look at the score and they're like 19 points. What, what's going on? I think the Chiefs are in the same boat right now. Sure. Now I get, I get, I, I think there's a little bit more at play, obviously with the wide receivers, but you look at the red zone, there's your first option, your first diagnosis or diagnostic. If you're turning on that little, you know, when you go to like AutoZone and you plug that thing in your car, you run the diagnostic check, what comes back? <laughs> it's red zone. That's what it is. But it seems like an issue around the NFL right now. Um, I don't know if teams have just adapted defensively or if it's just a period in time where, wow, this is an outlier. We're going to get back to normal in a second. But the Chiefs have the talent. They have the offensive line. They have the scramble ability of Mahomes. Um, they have the play caller and Andy Reid. They've traditionally been good in the red zone. This, to me, feels like it's an outlier. Same thing with the Ravens. Uh, I think they will both get right. Mm. Well, I yeah, I agree with you. Look, we're looking at a short week here. Uh, I'm sorry, a, lo- a long week here. We're heading toward uh, we're heading toward the Chargers after a short week, the extra rest and whatnot. Um, I won't get a chance to be on a show with you before the weekend, so I know you'll break this down even more as the week gets closer. And you and I won't do an official like preview, but do you have an early prediction for the weekend? Based on um, like what like what you think they'll do against the Chargers? Yeah, man, I think the, I think the Chiefs win this game. Uh, I'm never confident against the Chargers because they always, and I mean always, just bleep up the Chargers. Do until they play Kansas City and they look at Justin Herbert and go, "Oh yeah, I forgot we have this we have this Ferrari back here. We've been treating it like a 1993. I don't even know a car. I'm not going to rip on a car brand right now because. Who knows? Maybe they want to sponsor us and give me a free car. I will never say no. Um, see, that's just smart thinking right here, Connor. Smart, smart. But, but the point is, they only unleash Herbert against Kansas City. Going into last night's game, Keenan Allen had averaged 109 receiving yards per game. Okay? The Chargers offense had been pretty solid. Now, the issue is their defense. The issue is injuries yet again. No Mike Williams, obviously, but Joshua Palmer's done a nice job filling in. And oh, by the way, Quentin, uh, what's it, Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver from TCU that everyone was clamoring for. I kept saying, don't get him. He can't see the field. That dude is not getting right. I, I would take Rasheed Rice over him any day of the week. I'm so glad the Chiefs were not in or trading up, especially for Quentin. That much aside, <laughs> I don't, I would take the charters with the points, the Chiefs to win. Uh, I also think that Herbert has not faced a Chiefs secondary or defense this good. I wonder how much that's going to play a factor here as well. Yeah. Yeah. What's your score prediction? Oh, right now, 27-24 maybe. Uh, maybe 24-21. Uh, a little. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you consider that lower scoring than what you tra- uh, traditionally might expect between these two teams, but I think the Chiefs defense is legitimately good, and I do think the Chargers – to an extent, their back is against the wall, man. Staley understands if they don't make the playoffs and maybe even win a playoff game, he's done. He's canned. And that's a dangerous thing to play against. He's going to play or throw at every single play he's ever thought of. Anything that he thinks is going to work, he will do it. Fake punt, he's going to do it. Fake kick, going to do it. Onside kick, going to do it. Go for it on a fourth and two on your own 45, probably going to do it. They're going to be aggressive. And that is a little bit dangerous to think about. I like the Chiefs in an aggressive game there. I'm going to go 33 to 23. I just don't think it's going to be that close. Will this be Brandon Staley's final game? If he gets embarrassed, could be. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, if the Chiefs win by three scores, I bet Staley does not does not uh, come back. I think he's done. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a real possibility. So, um, yeah, here's hoping. Here's hoping we uh, we go to six and one. Well, folks, uh, we have come. 
to the end of our broadcast today. We got a little bit of a short timeline. But uh, by the way, Sterling, you're coming live from where? Chicken and pickle out here in Overland Park. Um, I'm doing a little hockey thing for the radio station post this. So wish me luck trying to go from this to getting on air and going over the airwaves to talk hockey. And again, once again, I said earlier on, I'll say it now, I'm very qualified because I have never fallen ice skating before. So I think I'm the perfect dude to talk hockey. Dude, if there's anyone who just says Zamboni with their appearance, it's you. Mm. It's you, Mm. my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, (laughs) uh, on behalf of our producer, Richard, my pal here, the ice hockey guru known as Sterling Holmes, my name is Matt Connor. Thanks, as always, for listening uh, to us and hanging out with us. And uh, when we get to the weekend, we'll hopefully see Brandon Staley coaching his final game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow with our pal Sterling and Adam Best.